Hey, my name's Helen and you're listening to the Love Mondays Club podcast. If you're a fellow tutor, trainer or coach, then welcome. You're in the right place. Whether you're looking to start, grow or expand your online services, this podcast is for you. My goal is to help you build your business, earn more money and have more fun in this messy muddle we call entrepreneurship. Every Monday, I'm going to be sharing practical tips to help you accelerate your business. From marketing to mindset to money, we'll cover it all. So if you're ready, let's dive in. Hello, everybody. I'm Kelly Cookson, and I run my own business called Cheer Up Marketing. And I'm an email marketer. So Helen and I know each other because Helen did one of my very first group email marketing programs called Conquer Your Email Marketing. So I teach other business owners and entrepreneurs how to set up an email list and write great emails to connect with their audience and ultimately bring in some more leads and clients. My background is I've got a degree in business and marketing and prior to setting up this business in January 2020, I worked as a marketing manager for an international software company. So I've been doing email for a very, very, very long time. I've probably written thousands of emails for myself, companies I work for and my clients. And this is what I do now, teach email marketing. And for a select few businesses, I'll write their email campaigns for them. (laughs) So yeah, that's me. (laughs) <laughs> Fantastic. And also as well, a bit of stuff we were talking just before we hit record about um, like positive psychology and things like that. That's something you've really got into recently. Oh my gosh, I have. So yes, I've recently certified as a positive psychology coach, which you think, well, where does that fit in with marketing? You and I were talking, Helen, I can give people an email marketing strategy or a marketing strategy But if they lack that kind of motivation or the imposter syndrome kicks in or, you know, they have a mindset wobble, I've been finding that people don't always execute on what I've given them. So the mindset and the positive psychology coaching that I'm bringing into my like email marketing teaching and my one-to-one client mentoring is all about boosting those positive emotions so that people feel super engaged with what they're doing at work and in life. Uh, they feel more motivated to test new things out and they really kind of adopt a growth mindset in terms of, I'm going to try this marketing strategy and see what I learn from it rather than almost being paralyzed by the fear of failure or constantly second-guessing themselves. So mindset as has been a huge piece of the puzzle on my like journey to success and I'm just super passionate about bringing that in so yeah email marketing and positive psychology are the dream team (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I totally agree with you I think it's so true isn't it like you can have all the tools in the kit but unless yeah you're sort of happy to well like you say like motivated and sort of like willing to show up for it and I think a lot of it's sort of belief in yourself as well and and I think email lots of people I know I've worked with sort of feel and any kind of content writing really it's a lot of it's sort of putting yourself out there being quite personal with things so definitely so I guess the first question is from an expert point of view what actually is email marketing because a lot of people I talk to think that it's just kind of sending out like a monthly newsletter or something like that so could you explain it a bit more for us yeah good question so yes it can be sending out a monthly newsletter or you know if you're a kind of an email marketing skeptic you might be familiar with getting lots of salesy emails that clutter up your inbox um but the way I I teach email marketing and the way I run it in my business is it's about creating a marketing channel where you can reliably reach your ideal client and keep in contact with them and build the know, like and trust factor ready to warm them up to ultimately work with you or buy your service or your product. So it's less of kind of just keeping people 
up to date with the news, like this traditional newsletter or, you know, just sharing a blog. The way I like to use it and has really worked for me and my clients is creating that sense of connection, sharing stories, sharing behind the scenes in my business, like really connecting with the wants and needs of the people that are reading it, giving some free advice for sure. But a lot of it is like that personal kind of conversation is what I'm trying to go for rather than just, you know, being super salesy, which I know a lot of people running their own business say to me, I don't want to be salesy, Kelly. I'm like, you don't need to be. You can be, you know, chatty and approachable and conversational, but you do also need to sell at some point. So yes, email marketing, we are nurturing and then we are building up to invite your fan base, your pool of amazingly warmed up subscribers to buy something from you. So yes, that's email marketing in a nutshell. Excellent. And I think that's the thing, isn't it? Like you said, like so many people we work with say, you know, I don't like that salesy feel. I don't like that kind of buy my thing, you know, that sometimes comes out in email. So yeah, like you say, it's like building up a relationship so that in the end, when you do have something to sell, it feels more like you're actually just offering them what they want. Like you're, you're helping them. You're not selling to them, like giving them that service. Amazing. So I think a lot of people listening to this, and I know definitely people I've spoken to who are the kind of email marketing skills skeptics to to coin the phrases you say might listen to this and think okay well yes that all sounds great but I can put all that on social media uh, where anyone could see it why would I do it in emails when I could just do it there instead love this question I'm so glad you asked I love breaking down this myth basically because yes you can absolutely put your content out on social media and that's how I started when I started this business because I did not have an email list however I knew that with all of my years of marketing experience email marketing was going to be the game changer for me. So from day one, I was sitting there with my list of zero subscribers and I started using social media to grow a list. Why did I do that? Because the numbers don't lie. So with email marketing, if you can build up that list, your reach and the amount of people that are going to read your message in an email percentage wise compared to that on social media, it absolutely blows social media out of the water. So I can give you some stats around this. If we're looking at things like Instagram and Facebook, right, to take two of the popular ones. So maybe you um, post on Instagram stories and I look at this because I still do posts on Instagram and I usually get around a six percent to maybe 10 or 12 percent on a mega good day of my overall following seeing that message on my Instagram story from what I understand on the news feed the reach is much lower so it's more around five percent organically similar stats for Facebook if you post on Facebook you can expect maybe five or six percent of your connections to see that post when I send an email I'm reliably getting 40 percent of my email list are opening and engaging like seeing that email so do you want to have 40 percent of your audience read the message that you've taken pain and you know creative juice to create this message or are you just going to settle for I don't know maybe 10% on a good day that's why you need an email list. 100%, yeah. And I remember sort of sharing similar stats like that. When I think when, when we did our course together, I remember you talking about like really interesting how like different industries have got sort of different open rates. And I remember you saying, I think it's sort of like maybe clothing industry and travel tend to have bit lower sort of open rates with things. But I, I remember looking at kind of all the different industries and actually for us, like p- people listening to this podcast, working in education, we have a really high open rate on our emails. And it's true. I think my average sits around about 35% and probably with a bit of list clearing which Kelly would tell me off because I haven't cleared my list recently (laughs) 
but with a bit of list clearing that you know would probably increase as well so yeah it's, it's amazing how much more reach you get with it it's about where you want to put your effort right so you know i've just mentioned reach so okay you've got 100 followers on instagram you've got 100 email subscribers 40 email subscribers seeing it versus 10 on instagram right so cover all your bases and do both that's fine and that's what i do but the other thing is around the whole unreliability of building your business building your audience on somebody else's platform which is exactly what you're doing when you're building up an Instagram following or TikTok or whatever you know that's all well and good and people have built very successful businesses on social media but you do not own that data so tomorrow TikTok could go down or you know we had an Instagram outage um I don't know is it six months ago now ish where you know it went down if you were in the middle of a sales campaign then that is hurting your sales revenue if you had an email list like me you were laughing like that's fine can't get all these people on Instagram anymore for the next 24 hours however long it's down for but I can email them which just kind of proves the point really that you own your data on your email list like that is your data that you've collected and you keep that safe in your email service provider you do not own your Instagram followers which is another reason why if you build up a business and you want to sell it the email list is actually a tangible asset which adds value like monetary value to your business if you were to sell it Instagram Facebook followers no they don't they don't bring any value because it's not your data Um, And then there's a whole thing with algorithms, which I'm sure your listeners are familiar with, but reels came in on Instagram and everyone was doing reels and they were growing their following. And then all of a sudden, like reels don't work anymore. Who knows what's going to be coming out tomorrow? Solid little email list has been, you know, kind of trucking along for 40 odd years. And I think it's just one of the most reliable ways to consistently get your message read by your ideal clients. Instagram and Facebook, whatever, who knows what they're going to do tomorrow. That's so true, isn't it? And I think another thing as well, I think it's really interesting to think about like people's behaviours. I was talking to someone about this the other day and I said, you know, as much as, you know, many of us try to have the good habit of, you know, go to bed, not have your phone next to you. um, But I think a lot of us still do. And when you wake up in the morning, one of the first things you do is pick up your phone. And I was speaking to somebody, I said, you know, when you pick up your phone, what is, or even when you just sit down at your computer for the first time in the day, what is the very first thing you check? Like, do you go scrolling through social media or things like that? For me, my very first thing I check are my emails. And actually, everyone I've spoken to is exactly the same. So I think exactly like you're saying, social media is very much a scattergun approach, whereas like an email, you know it's going directly to that person's inbox. And, you know, unless it's that email account that they've got where they have like 20 or 30 emails coming in a day from everything they've signed up to, (laughs) optimistically, they are opening all their emails and going through. So yeah much higher rate of them looking at it for sure it's interesting you say that because definitely like habits of when people check their email come into play and I found from analyzing when I send emails thinking of my ideal clients so service-based business owners if I send an email at half past six in the morning so I schedule it because there's no way that I'm up and writing emails at that hour schedule it to go out I get a higher rate of engagement so more people are opening it more quickly and replying or clicking through on the link than if I send it at seven o'clock at night or on a weekend I generally get really good engagement like weekday mornings early send so you can be mindful of when your ideal client is most like actively engaging with their inbox and just to touch on the point about lots of emails coming in because I know this is always also one of these objections that I kind of have to 
fight the case for email marketing. So it's definitely true that most emails that we get are absolute rubbish. And it's like, you know, this is why email marketing gets a bad rap. So they're either poorly written or you can't remember signing up to the list. It's a bit spammy or they're just selling stuff all the time. There's no real connection there. This does not mean that your email needs to be a bad email. Like it's our job to be one of the best email marketers in your industry. So write those engaging stories, share value, share tips, Just because the emails you're reading are rubbish doesn't mean yours have to be that way. So whatever kind of effort you're putting into creating engaging content on social media, that should be going out as an email. If it's good stuff, you know, you want to get more eyes on it. So don't let other people's rubbish emails make you think that email marketing is rubbish. Yours can be great emails. (laughs) I totally agree. And I remember doing your course. I think one of the things I found almost most like liberating about email marketing is that it didn't have to be ridiculously colourful and full of graphics. Like I remember us talking about this and you saying how like actually the more graphics and things that are in there, one that can kind of make it flag and spam filters and things. But also for me, I think I've definitely noticed this. I think it makes it feel more salesy. Whereas like, you know, when, when we're writing like a personal email to somebody... It is literally just dear so-and-so, text, 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 sign it off at the bottom. And yeah, like since doing your course, I've played around with all of this. And I find in many ways, the more basic the email, the more effective it is. And that's, I think, liberating. Because when you think about like social media, the amount of hours we spend on Canva and like, don't get me started on making reels. Like every now and again, I try and it's like, I've just spent half an hour editing 30 seconds. And then I put it out there and a hundred people have seen it and there's no engagement. And it's like, what have I done with my day? (laughs) Whereas the email, 10 minutes, proofreading, check it, out it goes. Always reliable, always there. Yes. Oh my God. So much to unpack here, Helen. And I think, yes. So if you're a service-based business provider, you don't need to have a sexy template or like a magazine style newsletter email with loads of stuff in. Who has time for that? <laughs> like I don't. It takes me 10 minutes. I write my emails in Google Docs. I copy and paste into my email provider. I check the spellings. I add in the links. Sometimes I do put a photo of me in it, like a cheery selfie or something. And then I test the email, check the links, and then hit send. 10 minutes. You know, if you're going to build a template, you need to spend time into designing that so it looks good. You've also got to test it that it comes out as you wanted it to in Gmail, in Hotmail, in Yahoo Mail, in Outlook, or on mobile versus desktops. There's so many things to look at. I do not have time for that. I work 20 hours a week. I don't want to be working hours and hours creating and designing stuff. The other thing around, yes, 100%, if it lands in somebody's inbox and it's very designed, very slick, great, maybe it looks super professional. It screams marketing email, which, you know, don't tell anyone, but our emails are marketing emails. But the way that we write them, the idea and the way I teach it is you want it to feel like a letter to a friend. So you are, yes, you're writing an email to however many hundreds or thousands of people are on your list. But for the person who receives it, the way that you make that connection and really kind of build the know, like and trust factor is as if they feel like it's an email just to them. So dear Helen, hi, Helen, how are you? Like, what's going on? Like, I want to share this story with you like have you ever felt like this reply to share a time when this has happened to you that kind of thing which I think well I know because I've tested this it works out as a much more kind of engaging type of campaign rather than the the slick newsletter of here's three blogs and two podcasts and a something page to look at 
A hundred percent. And do you know what as well, actually, I think something you just said there, like about the personalization, I think that's so powerful as well, because like social media posts, you, you just can't personalize them. They always feel generic. And even though, okay, like for example, on Facebook at the moment, it's got that at everyone feature. I think it took a week until everyone was annoyed with it, <laughs> getting sick of it. <laughs> I've generally taken a policy of I'll maybe use it once a week, just to kind of depending on what's going on. But yeah, I mean, I've had to leave groups and things because they're tagging me every single day in things and um you know i think there are pros and cons to it i think in some ways from a facebook perspective it's helped raise a bit of awareness it's helped people kind of whittle down their groups a little bit more focused but yeah again you're still there's still so many things to factor and contend with whereas again with an email marketing you've got that software that allows you to just insert that person's name so you can use their name throughout the whole email and from from an education point of view like I have it set up that I have the kids names as well so if yeah it feels like I'm talking like to the parent about their child about the year they're in all this data that we can collect is so powerful I remember you were such a data geek when we were working together on that program it's only got worse over the last two years (laughs) but it's so cool because as your list grows you know you can add in those personalizations and you know one way that I like to segment my list is whether or not my subscribers are currently doing any email marketing so I'll survey them and they can click on a link in the email and then it will tell me when I apply tags to those subscribers whether they are a complete beginner they're doing a bit already or whether they're quite advanced and then I can tailor my offerings depending on where they're at so there are the possibilities are endless with this kind of personalization and you don't get that with things like Facebook or Instagram unless you use their advertising so then you can drill down into more like um, you know specifics of what those people are like but you know on the organic there's just no way to do that it's a one-to-many communication on social which it is on email but it doesn't feel like one-to-many it feels like one-to-one when you get the tone right and you write as if to one reader yeah 100 percent. and i think like facebook ads oh my goodness i think we could spend another 20 minutes half an hour talking about them but i think you know if you are somebody out there who is tempted by facebook ads i from what i've seen kind of in the industry the most successful ones are people who use ads to build their mailing lists. People who use ads to try and sell things, I just think, you know, they just don't see much return on it. It's so much harder. You have to sometimes invest thousands to start getting it right. Like it's it's really gambling. But yeah, people who use ads just to build their email lists, like like you said earlier, Kelly, like they're creating an asset in their business. It's so much more powerful. Excellent. Okay, good stuff. So I think a lot of people listening be hopefully be starting to be sold on email marketing. So I think for a lot of people, it's it's like anything isn't it whenever we start a business we're starting from zero and it can feel like oh my goodness like what am I meant to do how am I meant to start building this so what advice would you give to people who are sort of really newbies just starting their email lists and want to start growing them yeah cool so if you are thinking about starting an email list and you're a relative newbie then I'm applauding you because this is a sensible decision and you will look back in 12 months time and feel so smug with yourself that you started now if you have been running a business a little while and you haven't done it yet then you can start today (laughs) So the first kind of um, starting point is to think about who your ideal client is that you want to get on this email list. So you might have done some of this work already. If you're looking at, you know, you're already putting stuff out on social media or maybe you're blogging. So remember your ideal client, think about them. What kind of hook can you offer them to invite them onto your email list? Because 
you know, people are suspicious these days. They don't just want to hand over their email address to anybody. So you need to kind of create a hook. And there's a couple of ways you can do this. So step number one for anybody starting out with email marketing is just to at least on your website, get an opt-in form somewhere on your website, probably on your footer. So it appears on every page. That's where mine is. And you're going to invite subscribers to sign up to your list to receive X, Y, and Z. So what kind of stuff are you going to be talking about in your emails? Why should they hand over your email list? Never just say, sign up to my newsletter. It's like, no, no, thank you. I don't want to get another newsletter. (laughs) There's enough news in the world. So you've got to really kind of sex it up a little bit. So I think mine says something like sign up. I call it the cheer list for starters because my business is cheer marketing. You don't need to give it a fun name, like whatever's in your branding is cool. But um, I say sign up to the cheer list and I'm going to send you email marketing tips and advice, a bit behind the scenes of my business. You'll be first to hear about anything new that I'm launching and you'll be offered some like discounts, that kind of thing. So it's, you know, it does what it says on the tin. They know what I'm going to be emailing them about and they kind of know why they should be um, like the value in handing over that name and email address. So that's the basic thing. Next level is to create something called a lead magnet, which Helen knows very well (laughs) because we did a lot of work on this. But for those of you um, not inside the marketing lingo, a lead magnet is basically an opt-in freebie, you might have heard it called. So it's something that you package up that is of, of value to your ideal client. I've got loads of these on my website, actually. So I've got a PDF guide, some kind of masterclass recordings, like video content that people can watch, and you give them access in exchange for their name and their email address. So again, you want to think about what would your ideal client be interested in and, and looking at the whole buyer's journey. So where you're trying to ultimately sell them your service or whatever it is at the end, what would be a good point, like the little bit of free advice you can give them on the road to that ultimate sale. So, um, you know, I've got a subject line guide on my website, which people interested in getting better email open rates, they download that, they would potentially be a good fit to come onto my email marketing program. So you've got to think about it like that and then offer that free thing in exchange for an email address. Totally. And I think this is another thing I talk to like in, in my coaching program and talking to lots of tutors about sort of growing their business. I often say to them, look, you know, so when people sign up, I'll do like a, a quick sort of review, you know, of like their social media and sort of like their marketing and what they're doing at the moment. And one thing I do say to lots of people is like you're giving away too much stuff for free. Like you're almost training your audience to just expect freebies from you and then maybe go elsewhere, you know, because you're not necessarily selling to them so much. So like you say, I think like as, as teachers, we are such content creators, like we're always making resources always doing videos all sorts of things going on um but i would say to people you know don't just post it don't just put it out there for people to go and take it and then run off with it and then they've got everything they need like there's got to be some exchange like you say like and that's that is simply just their email address in return for it but then that's you know once they're there they're then in your system we put them through automations and things and that that sort of like relationship building starts yeah absolutely and one of my favorite ways to kind of build the email list and give something that's amazing value is by running live masterclasses or webinars um, or tutorials or trainings however you want to call it but um that's where i save my really like juicy super valuable actionable advice so people do need to um give me their like register with their name and their email address to attend the live session and then I always record it and then use the recording as a lead magnet so people could that didn't watch it live can again pop in their name and their email address and I send over the link to watch the recording so that's like my amazing really actionable content that 
you know, the, the level below that is kind of around blogging. So if you want to give some advice or talk around your area of expertise, that's where blogs come in. But I think for the really juicy stuff, absolutely ask them for an email address and get them on the list for them to receive it. 100%. So, I mean, for you in your business, you're, so I think for me and you, we're sort of, I guess sort of a few steps ahead and there might be people listening to this who actually think, okay, I've actually already got an email list, but maybe I'm not sort of doing too much with it. How, how can they start growing it? Like for example, you in your business, where would you say your main leads come from? Yeah. So in the beginning they came from referrals because I had an email list of zero. <laughs> so, you know, I reached out to my networks and, and let people know I was doing my own thing and, and how they could get in touch. And then I did get straight on Instagram because, you know, I know I spend a lot of time knocking social media, but to be fair to it, it is a great great way to kind of start building an audience and putting your offers out there and testing your messaging. So I did that, but always with this idea of pushing people back to my non-existent email list and getting them signed up. Um, So now I've grown it and I would say like around 70% of my new business comes from my email list. So these people might already be on my Instagram or in my Facebook group, but it, I see a big difference when I send an email that's making a call to action to either look at a sales page or book a call to talk about working with me. The email drives way more engagement and traffic and gets me more conversions that way than the equivalent message on social media. It just seems like the mode of delivery, like popping it in somebody's inbox, like, you know, I've got space for more clients or my group program is enrolling. Click here to find out more. Click here to talk to me about it. It just it blows social media out of the water. I would be sweating if I all I had was social media to sell my stuff. Sometimes it works brilliantly. Again, you know, Instagram. Sometimes I put something out on stories and I get a load of leads coming, and I'm like, oh, well done, Instagram. But other times it's like tumbleweed, and that is I cannot run my business with that level of uncertainty. Got to have an email list. It's the one constant thing where I know I'm doing a good job of my nurturing. When I hit send on a sales email, I get stuff back, and I'm like, oh, this is brilliant. Here are the leads. Here are the people that want to work with me um I just can't imagine not having that I'd be waking up in the night in a cold sweat if I didn't have it (laughs) stuff of nightmares (laughs) yeah and I, I I totally agree with you I'm the same I think for me it's all about a constant cycle between social media and email you know social media leads people to my emails emails lead people back to my social media and it's kind of about creating this almost like little ecosystem isn't it for your community yeah and remember you know so they could be on both channels like on your Instagram and on your email list but more of those people on the email list are going to see the same message there than they will on Instagram. So it's just like a, if anything, it's a fail safe. Like you want to put that message out there, get it on your email list for sure. Yeah. I think a lot of people as well are kind of scared. It's not the right word, but conscious that they don't want to feel like they're repeating themselves and saying the same thing. I think there's a lot of fear with marketing of like, you know, am I, am I going to be annoying people if I keep talking about the same thing? But you know, like we always say, don't we? Like the online space is so busy and crowded and we and ourselves are so busy and preoccupied with stuff all the time so like how many of us listening to this have seen something on social media or an email and thought that's great I really need that and then the doorbell goes or you've got to jump in the car you've got to get the kids all sorts of things going on and you just totally forget don't you so I think that's another great thing about that kind of ecosystem is you're just reminding reminding people all the time seeing about it everywhere it. 
Yeah. And the, you know, the repeating yourself of the key messages, that is a good thing to do. You know, and I say this with my marketing manager hat on, it's you've got to be cycling through those things that your ideal clients must understand about you and the service you provide for them to want to hand over their, like their money and their time and their energy to that thing. So you've got myths to bust. You've got misconceptions to break. You've got to shout from the rooftops about why, what it is that you do is so important to that person. And you have to keep talking about it from different angles maybe but the same messages like over and over again because people will read it and they might be like yeah all right whatever kelly like email marketing it's all right but like by the time they've maybe had six months of me banging that drum they're like i'm fully on board i'm ready to build my email list now so it'd be the same with whatever your service you're selling you know you've got to keep banging that drum and, and get people to kind of twig and you might say in one way one month that you said it slightly different or use a slightly different example to bring it to life and that could be the trigger that gets people to suddenly nod their head and go oh yes helen's right i I understand now why I need to do this thing. Yeah, 100%. And I think the key word you just said there is consistency, isn't it? And yeah, with email marketing, I do think consistency is so important because like you said earlier, Kelly, people sign up for lots of different things. And if you don't appear in front of them for a couple of weeks or so, they might forget who you are and things like that. So yeah, I... Honestly, I think we could conclude that half, if not all, business success comes from consistency <laughs> showing up to our audiences. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, so thank you so much, Kelly, for today. I guess just as a closing point, I love asking people, um, lots of people who come on the show who I'm sort of doing interviews with are all like business owners running their own businesses, like very similar position to the people listening. So what would be, apart from email marketing that we talked about today, uh, that would be the obvious answer, what would be your biggest piece of advice for somebody who's just getting started in their business and looking to start growing it would be not to underestimate the inner work that you need to do to be successful so you're going to go on a spiritual journey like I you know it sounds a bit hippie but I I never knew the importance of inner work and mindset that you know would help me to hit my goals and get to where I am now it was stuff that I you know to a certain extent I would have thought maybe I'd have used this in the corporate world but I, I didn't you know I just kind of had that career ladder to climb and I knew what practical steps to take there in terms of the outputs I was delivering and milestones and stuff but when it's you on your own growing this business your mindset comes into play massively so it would be to do the inner work and that's a whole other topic but um I think it's just to kind of remember that doubt is common everybody doubts themselves when they're running a business but you've got to trust in your ability to do it and I think with with everything like email marketing is one example but don't be afraid to try things like test it out especially with marketing like it's it's all a, a kind of a game in, in some regards, guys, like test your messaging, see what resonates with people. Um, but really, wherever you get your inner work from, so whether it is like journaling, goal setting, meditation, mindfulness, visualizing success, that is something to start looking into sooner rather than later, because it's going to be one of the key things to keeping you going and, and help you to reach those goals. I couldn't agree more. And like you say, oh my goodness, we could go off for another hour talking about this. <laughs> Where can people find you as well, please? Yes. Okay, cool. So I actually have loads of free resources on my website, including some of the mindset stuff and of course, email marketing freebies. So if you go to cheerupmarketing.com slash free, you'll see all of those there. Um, so come and join my email list and download all my free stuff. And I'm also on Instagram at cheerupmarketing. Perfect. Thank you. And we will put all the links um, in the show notes and everything so people can find those easily. But yes... 
I highly, highly recommend signing up to Kelly's email list. I I am one of your regular email openers, you know, and it's true, you know, on social media, I don't see that much of the stuff coming up, but email guaranteed every week, I'll sort of be there hearing about all the things you're up to. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, then. Thank you so much. Speak to you soon. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Love Mondays Club podcast. Don't forget to review and subscribe or share this episode with one of your business friends. For more information and support from today's episode, head over to the show notes at lovemondaysclub.co.uk. Have a great week and I'll see you next Monday.